if everyone else is using GPT, some sort of AI, some sort of tool to not think, then when you actually take the time to think, you are automatically different. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Raul Hernandez Ochoa, and he's the founder of Do Good Work, a digital growth consulting practice that helps bootstrap digital businesses achieve profitable growth. With extensive experience as a digital growth operator and strategist, Raul has helped double to 5x digital agencies generating millions of dollars in revenue using his productive profits strategies. And we're going to talk all about design and optimizing and how to scale and grow. And he's got some examples and fun things. But first, it's now time for your marketing essentials moments, the basic that you need to help you continue to build your brand and your bottom line. In today's topic, I really want to address the elephant in the room. As marketers, we are <laughs> we're we're getting hit with so many challenges in the ever-changing landscape of what is happening in the digital world right now. The rapid pace of all of the technological advances, really the emergence of new platforms, new channels, new AI tools, new all of the things, new names for new social media platforms. I mean, we're just changing all day, every day, right? And trying to do our best to keep up with all of the efficient ways to utilize all of these new tools and understand what's going to help us and what's going to hurt us and understand what's going to continue to continue to change, right? And we're engaging in this fragmented audience right now. We're trying to keep our audience engaged with us and whether it's offline or online or, you know, whatever the case might be, right? We're all trying to make sure that we're delivering these custom, tailor-made, personalized, relevant messages that are resonating with our segments of audience that we want to get leads from. We want new business. We want um, new clients and whatever the case might be, right? And we're trying to measure all of these things. And there's so many now rules and cookies and things that we can and can't do. And just trying to understand how we can get that return on our marketing investment and demonstrating that and making sure that all of the campaigns and tactics and all the complexities that are being thrown at us in this new era of attribution and measurement and challenges that we're trying to go through and continuously building the trust and credibility with this rise of seemingly misinformation and distrust and advertising and information that's out there, right? We're just faced with so many new genuine challenges to build these relationships with our clients and consumers, even if you're a nonprofit, right? It's the volunteers and the donors who want to give to you. It's even the people that you serve. Are they going to even utilize your services? There's just so many things that are happening and we are doing our best now to really personalize that customer experience. And so that way our customers, consumers, clients, all of the above, our crew, our people that want to work with us, we're trying to do our best to make all the touch points and make it crucial for us to be able to 
deliver on our promises and make sure that we're doing the best that we can in every platform, every moment, every minute of our lives. And so I just wanted to address it. Like it's, it's becoming very difficult. And I want to hear back from you, by the way, do the email address, hello at themarketingexpedition.com. Reach out to me. Tell me what challenges you're facing. I want to know because then it'll help me understand who to interview in these podcasts, but also what is it that you're experiencing? How are you getting the industry research that you need, the competitive analysis that you need? How are you doing what you're doing now? Because it's changed so rapidly and so much, right? And just keeping up with our consumers and their behavior and their preferences because it's just constantly shifting now. And one thing that worked yesterday may not work tomorrow. And so what are we doing to stay informed, to continuously adapt our strategies and our plans and anticipate the future trends that are coming up? Which by the way, we are going to have the new marketing trends for the new year workshop coming up January 18th, 2024. And would love for you to attend, whether it's in person in Boise, Idaho, or on Zoom. We've had lots of people join us on Zoom too, but just thinking about how you're going to integrate your marketing this next year and what you're going to do in creating the profitability, performance, processes, all the things that you need to continuously keep marketing valid and important, right? Marketing is no longer just an isolated function, right? Marketers really need to effectively collaborate with all the departments. It's everyone's job to sell every day in one way or another. Now, I'm not saying that your you know, engineer is going to go and try to do a cold call tomorrow. But what I'm saying is he might have an idea that could help a client in a better way. Or if it's a designer who, you know, strictly is just does design, but maybe they have an idea for a client that could be amazing, right? What are we doing to help cross promote so that marketing is not just an isolated function in your company or your departments, right? We want to effectively collaborate and communicate. <laughs> Communication, right? And that way we can help develop new products, new ideas, new ways to serve our customers and to create that cohesive brand experience across the board. And balancing that creativity and data that we're so used to being able to access now, how can we use that to our advantage? And how can we make that effective, not just for the marketing department, but for everybody in the company to succeed and survive? Because that's what it's going to take to get through this weird, interesting moment in time where some people you talk to, it's a recession, other people, oh yeah, we're doing great. It just depends on who you are and what industry you're in and what competitors you have in your industry. But how can we attribute success across the entire company? And how can marketing efforts be supported and want to be supported? Because they all know that that's so important, right? Ideally, that's what we want. And if we can create this multi-channel, multi-division, omni-channel within the marketing, within the whole company, it'll exude out to your customers, right? The whole environment can exude out. So I always say branding starts from the inside out with your culture. And if your culture of your people across the company 
where they want to be there and do the things and help share the message out to other people and help want to create and drive results and, and continuously help with performance and processes and ultimately profit. It can really help to optimize those resources and help optimize them effectively. But these challenges that we're all forced to face right now, the answer could be that you just have to make sure that everyone's a little more agile and adaptable and nimble and data-driven in their approach, right? And even if it's something so hard to say, oh, well, I can't really attribute a number to it because it's branding or it's awareness or whatever the case might be, well, you can. It's called sentiment scoring on a scale of one to 10. How likely would it be that you would recommend the company or recommend this or that or the other? There's still a score that can be attached to those branding efforts that are really hard to track because we know that we have to track ROI in one way or another. And even if it's using sentiment scoring or Likert scoring or survey data, right? But we have to embrace these technologies, embrace the AI. How can we use it to our advantage? How can we understand our audience deeply and continuously to use innovation and use what we can at our fingertips to overcome some of these hurdles that we might be facing and then ultimately achieve those goals, even if it weren't the goals that we set a year ago, even if it wasn't those goals, right? What are we doing now? How can we help each other? And how can we help each other grow and prosper? All right, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Pepper Shock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Raul on the show. Welcome to the show, Raul. Hey, thanks for having me, Ray. So I'd love to just kind of, you know, walk our audience through where you've been and how you've got to where you are. So take us back a little bit when you first got started into the digital space and then maybe just give us an overview of how where you're what you're doing. You're you're working with some fascinating brands and things that you're up to now. So just take us back a little bit and then forward. All right. So 10 years ago, this is 2023, right? So 10 years ago, I had zero idea what marketing was, but everyone that I talked to in the Entrepreneurship Center, everyone who were running companies and that I looked up to were marketers. I'm like, what does that even mean? Fast forward now, I think that I'm barely understanding what marketing actually is. It's not a series of tactics, a series of things. It's actually a an argument of why things need to change in the world and how do you experience that through your products or services. Um, I launched plenty of companies, failed a few. The one that hit, uh, we actually created a marketing service where we're actually intentionally intentionally trying to create a SaaS. Uh, but I partnered with a dude from, uh, from Brooklyn, New York. I was in San Diego, California, still am. Long distance partnership, really good friend to this day. We launched that company and then we realized this wasn't what we wanted to do. I went on to help digital marketing agencies scale online uh, from leadership positions in less than three months to helping navigate mergers, acquisitions to leading a thought leader, not a thought leader, but like a well-known person in the space, pretty much a thought leader in his uh, respective domain, leading that company as a CEO and then helping an agency scale to almost two, three million in less than a year. So from that experience, I had a coach or a mentor at the time who told me, hey, you should write down what you learned. I'm like, why should I write it down? He's like, write it down. I'm like, fine. I wrote it down, became the book, 
And then from there, I started consulting and helping. Um, less, less consulting, more practicing. Actually practicing in my own work, practicing with clients and practicing with, um, with uh, people who just wanted to learn what I've been through uh, to help companies do really cool things. And I feel like right now it's less of consulting and more about being a practitioner. I'm in the weeds. I'm doing these things. I'm also helping navigate really interesting causes and organizations uh, to amplify not only their message, their mission, but to grow and holistically grow, not just revenue. But how does that tie back to your business model, your revenue model, your operational model and your growth strategy? Okay, let's talk about the book just a little bit, uh, because that's a whole experience in and of itself, I'm sure, and <laughs> writing it all down. But tell me more. Tell me about the book. And, um, you know, I just I'm fascinated by people who can actually get it started and achieve it and accomplish it and make it happen. Tell me more. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a labor of love. This was before AI. So there was a future or a past before uh, before we had AI and we actually had to write and think. And um, <laughs> joking. No, the book, what I did, I don't know if it's the best thing, but I just, I, I used like a Google Docs and spoke it into being like, I pretend that I was just giving a presentation and yes. every chapter was a different presentation. And then the editing was like a huge labor of love because I, I wanted to do this whole experience myself, self-published and uh, do some campaigns and some launches. And it became number one in a couple countries, which was pretty cool, you know, to do that yeah. and to do it bootstrapped. Uh, the book pretty much goes through the premise of the process that I call productive profits. It's a three cycle process of getting clarity as to what you want to achieve and why every organization needs this, but it's less about missions, mission statements and like goal setting. It's more about where are we heading? And a lot of the people that I work with or organizations that are in a crux position to make a change or a decision, they always need clarity. Like, what are we doing? Where are we heading? What business are we actually in? Why does it matter? Why do we need to change? What do we need to do? What products and services are in alignment with our customer uh, customer market? So just getting clear on that. And then once you get clear, then it's a build mode. And that's the second phase of productive profits is you're building evergreen workflows. Uh, that's just my personality. When, it when I talk to people around managing or growing companies, I'm very anti-micromanaging. I'm very anti- uh, pretty much everything that's in getting too deep in the weeds. It's I, I, I like orchestrating and having things work for the long term, like built to to scale, built to to sell eventually. If you want, if you want that, but we talk about building evergreen workflows of things that work regardless of what we're we're what stage in business we're in. So creating habits within the organization and figuring out what you need to build in terms of uh, for the entire organization. And the final process of the productive profits is synchronization, where you synchronize what you're getting clear on. We are synchronizing the things that you built with the team, with the marketplace, with yourself, and how you show up as a leader to navigate that change and navigate uh, the team and going through the growing pains because it's, it's a real thing. So how do you do that effectively and orchestrate growth, not just you know have a ruckus and hopefully things grow and be stressed all the time? organized chaos, if you will, huh? <laughs> hey, it's always a strategy behind the madness, right? I love that though. Uh, profitable processes and evergreen workflows. Those are those are some uh, powerful terms there. I think that's great. What's, what's the name of your book, by the way? A book is called Productive Profits, the, okay. the Founder's Guide to Scaling Your Impact. Awesome. Okay. 
And uh, now you are on podcasts. You're doing different types of things to get your your name out there. Let's go on a marketing journey with you and what you're doing with your success and how you, I know you're working with your clients, but what about you? Tell me about you and how you're getting your name out there more. That's a good question. I like that. Um, If we nail it down to very specific habits, I only have maybe two habits for growth as a person, like growing as a solopreneur. And I think you can still do this uh, depending on where you're at in your your journey. The two habits are number one, networking. And that's mm-hmm. not going to events. That's actually strategically building relationships with the right people and talking to people. That The medium to do that are a multiple, a plethora of mediums. Email, LinkedIn, referral partnerships, introductions, JVs, uh, podcast guesting, running your own podcasts, mm-hmm. running community. I mean, the mediums change, mm-hmm. but the habit's the same. Talk to people. Talk and the, second, people. Yeah, the second one, which... It's it's a joke in itself, but it's it's there's a lot of truth to it. Is thinking. Mm-hmm. The second habit is to think every day. I've been toying with this idea on and off. I think since twenty, I'm not sure if it was 2019, 2020, or 21. I forget. It's a blur. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least three years of writing every day. Nice. But now I'm writing and publishing every day. Well. Monday through Saturday as much as I can, or Monday through Friday. But the whole idea is to think. Think about my own thinking and try to figure out to, how to solve the important problems that we're solving and why they matter and what's my stance on these things. So it's not just a spray and, and, and hope something sticks. It's about a very strategic process around what, who do I serve? How do I serve them? What are the ways that we do that? What are the, the milestones or the outcomes they need to achieve? How do we achieve those outcomes? Why does it matter? How do I do it differently? And what is my philosophy on it? And what's my point of view? Uh, I had an interesting conversation with a client who told me, because uh, I, I, doing the podcast, people listen to you, right? And, and mm-hmm. someone reached out. And, but the, the thing that they mentioned that I thought was really interesting, it, it was like, hey, I, I heard you or I, you talked about this thing, but they didn't reach out to me because of what I said. They reached out to me because of how I explained what I said. And that's different than just being super smart about your own domain. There's also that personal touch or that your style of how you do what you do. So thinking every day allows me to process ideas or strategies. And I can then, one, create new IP for future books. Two, create new strategies for existing clients. Three, sound like I know what I'm talking about on podcasts like here. (laughs) <laughs> and four, just like really practice that muscle, which is is a muscle we all have and that we can all exercise. Oh, I love that a lot. And you're right. The more you can think and just take the time to do it is so critical because I think so much so everyone's just so inundated with so many things and, you know, they're constantly changing channels, taking care of other people, taking care of household, what, whatever it is. Yeah. And just not necessarily taking the time to do that and and really just sit in your own thoughts and ponder. And I, you know, it, it's nice when you can take the time to do that and think about maybe conversations that you've had with people and remember the things that are important and bring those to the surface more often, right? Oh, yeah. And, and the beauty of it, too, and, and maybe this is the crux, but the, I see the positive side of it. If, if everyone else is using... GPT, some sort of AI, some sort of tool to not think, then Mm -hmm. when you actually take the time to think, you are automatically 
different. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think ChatGPT and Bard and all of those things, they can, you know, give you some parameters for coming up with your own ideas sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it it helped me code something on the website that I couldn't code by myself. Like, th there's amazing yeah. use cases, but I think yeah. it can't take away the idea of, I mean, if you want to get really deep in, in, into it, like, <laughs> there's potential and then there's actuality. I think the, the AIs, essentially, it's the same. It's, it's data sets then probabilities and then outputs and it's all dependent on the data set that you input and mm -hmm. it produces really amazing outputs that's the beauty that what we're seeing right now and the cool things that you can do and one person who can do you know 5x the, the workload of someone else cannot do 15 or 50x of that workload it's fantastic but it, the issue is it takes what is and brings you a probability but it doesn't allow that the, the gpt isn't a human brain and human brains can think about potentiality what is the potential to be because GPT can only take in existing data that is, and right. it shows you what, what is based on that existing load. We have the capability, the creative imagination to consider what is possible and what could potentially be. And then we also have the physical capability to bring that to life. Yeah, I think you're right. It's just sort of re regurgitating everything that was already known that was could, could possibly be known. And now, you know, taking that information and regurgitating it rather than coming up with new and fresh ideas and concepts and the potential, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It still takes human intelligence. That's what I say. <laughs> oh yeah. Every time. <laughs> yep. And now it's time for a message from one of our partners, Kitcaster. Did you know that podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand? And Kitcaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. We've had several guests from Kitcaster on the Marketing Expedition podcast as well. So if you're an expert in your field, have a unique story to share, or an interesting point of view, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with Kitcaster. You can expect a completely customized concierge service from their staff of communication experts. Kitcaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Your audience is waiting to hear from you. Go to kitcaster.com slash expedition to apply for a special offer for friends of this podcast. So now what you're doing is working with clients and helping them, you know, get their brands to, to the next level. Let's, let's talk about maybe a successful journey that you've been on with one of your clients that, uh, you've worked with and, and kind of share, if you will, maybe some tactics or some ideas of things that you did, maybe what did or did not work too, because that's always important, <laughs> right? Sometimes we fail faster and can get to a better place, but share with me something that you are super proud of that uh, our audience just needs to hear about. Okay. I mean, these, these are simple wins, but it usually it's the small wins that compound to help organizations that for us might be pretty simple for them. It's starting to make a difference in a ripple effect. Um, so the way that I work with teams, I come in and I assess their situation. And I create a plan for them. And it's not just like this consulting thing. It's like, here's pretty much a business in a box. Here's how you're going to scale. Here's the marketing. Here's the growth. Here's the team. Here's the operations. Here's the, the operating system to run with. And here's the growth plan. And that includes sales and marketing. Uh, which is like the heavy focus here, but it's it's a holistic approach, not just a little prescription. So when we do that, teams either implement them themselves or they ask me to come in and help them implement them with them or guide them to implement it. And um, that's just like 
setting the frame. That's the nature of the work. But one, so I have a couple, but one of the yeah. cool ones that, that I, that I, we're, we're seeing the, we're getting out of the water essentially right now, but it's a good win because in the past they had no control over their growth. They just had organic growth and they thought, Hey, this organic growth is going to remain consistent and it's going to stay consistent because you know, that's just how things are. And I told them about six or seven months ago, this is not true. You're not in control of this. I can guarantee you this is going to drop. And what happens two months later, their organic growth dropped because they were essentially just doing warm marketing and uh, organic marketing to their existing audience, but the audience wasn't getting larger. So that means there's going to be uh, regressive growth. And that means that their growth is going to be sustainable. So we need to look at outside channels to do prospecting and for them to do like outbound ads or increasing their, their audience bandwidth. So with a couple of implementations, uh, pretty much just running the plan Mm -hmm. of, uh, increasing the audience size, doing some cold prospecting ads, ensuring that they have the right funnel, ensuring they have a proper sales page and conversion optimization. Uh, you know, we're starting to see at least a third of new sales come through a channel where they can control the water faucet. If I want X amount of people, all I have to do is increase my reach, increase the the conversion rates, and we can predict and get to a point where we have solid predictability of how many new memberships or sales that you're going to get. So it's a small win, but now you, when you change that approach of, hey, we're creating all these activities and we're doing all these things, a blog, uh, you know, guest podcast here, social posts there, you know, newsletter there, and we're hoping this works and it's producing an outcome towards to moving to a place where, hey, I have predictability and I know exactly where we're going to head. And when I meet with investors or funders or with outside money, I can show them a line item exactly like predictability, how much this is going to grow and they can see return on their dollar. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, It is exciting when things work the way you want them to (laughs) and and that your (laughs) clients do what they're supposed to do in order to make the plan work. Right. I mean, that's sometimes half the battle is just letting them follow the process and become good citizens to the process. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the, uh, that's the, that's the art. I think whenever you work with humans, if you're running your own team or you're running with other people's teams or you're working, it's always understanding human behavior. And the more that you understand human behavior, the more you can influence and guide other people to take the right behaviors and the right actions to meet their, meet their goals. Cause sometimes they still know what they need to do. People like you and I, we still know what the things that we have to do in order to, to get the results that we want, but we still don't do them. And why is that? It could be a mystery. And the more that we understand that, the more that we can guide to execute on that, I think the more successful that we can be in our work and in our personal lives. Well, and you've done some pretty amazing things and worked with some Fortune, I don't know, what, 500 companies? Or you tell me, like, what are some... Maybe give me some more examples of like exactly how you put a process in place that helped them scale or grow and, and like what tactics, what steps did you make in order for them to, to actually follow the process and plan and get from point A to point B? Yeah. Um, so no fortune uh, for my entrepreneurs. That was back when I used to work in with a suit every day, but it's, gotcha. <laughs> it's large with like Inc. 5,000 companies, but I really love working with like the Inc. 5 million, like small bootstrap, like making a difference. One to 10, one to 10 people and they're growing and they're, they're busting it. Um, so what, 
how do we actually put that plan together? I mean, without actually showing or a screen share, I really dive into their positioning in their marketplace. Like what problem do you say you solve and what problem are you actually solving? So really diving into the psychology of their marketplace. Why do people buy? Mm -hmm. Do they buy because they want to feel safe? Do they buy because they want choices? Do they buy because they want to feel good about themselves? Or do they buy because they want to be able to have a sort of connection with others who are buying or experience, you know, this is going to sound weird, but experience love. Or are they buying because they want growth or they want to feel like they're giving back to society? So you, I really dive deep into like the actual behaviors of the consumer or the, or the B2B play. Who is actually buying and why are they buying? And then tying that back to not just a marketing strategy, but a growth strategy that takes into part here are the marketing tactics. If we're doing like person to person sales, here are the sales conversations that we need to have. Here's how we're going to have the conversations. Here's how we're going to execute a CRM play. Here's how we're going to do some outreach or some touches to, to these people. When it comes to the operations behind that, here's the staffing that we need. Here's how we're going to meet to make this effectively. Here's how we're going to do a synchronous communication and work remote effectively so that you can do this without like pulling your hair and being a Zoom zombie. So it's taking into account the thing that they want and then tying it back and hitting all three points that every single business in the world has. The first point is one product. What is your product or service? And then what's your positioning in the marketplace and how are you fulfilling on that? Then tying into their operations. Who's the team, the personnel? How are you systemizing this? How are you productizing this? How are you executing on this internally? And then your marketing and sales. Like what are the behaviors and habits that we need to have as a team that are in alignment with your buyers. For example, one of the dudes here in San Diego, he's, he helps people break addiction, like end all negative addictions. Now, is he 100% successful? No one is, but he's on a really amazing mission. It's very noble to serve people to end their addiction to uh, sex, alcohol, drugs. And it's, it's just fantastic, the work that he's in. But his buyer persona, like they have a very different modality of how they consume education and how they consume content for him to reach them. Mm -hmm. And we are aligning the simple practices. Everyone needs to have emails. Everyone needs to have some sort of ad campaign running. Everyone needs to have some sort of outreach. Everyone needs to have all these things like the, the tactics don't matter. It's how you apply them in alignment to who you're trying to serve. In his persona, they typically listen more to radio than they do podcasts. And they're on Facebook and YouTube a lot more than they are on other channels. So that shifts the paradigm of how we position his marketing for his company of maybe they're going to do a podcast and be able to execute on that. Maybe they create a joint venture partnership and they already have people that are offering them to host radio ads. So it's just the, the tactics change every now and then, mm -hmm. but it's about how do you align those to what we need today versus going out and saying, what are all the tactics that I can do? and being overwhelmed by choice. Yeah, I think you're right. Because if you spread yourself too thin, then you're you're not going to really hit anybody because it's like not happening for anyone, right? It's like you're being too much to, to all. And then now it's for nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and the whole idea of how do we get a team to execute on this? So one of the teams that I've been fortunate enough to build, I think... Uh, I forgot the team size that we started with, but at the end of the day, it was like a, a department of 70. And the whole idea is like, 
the 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 premise was what would constitute a dream team mm. and then backloading off of that like if we want to execute on this goal which which is a, a very huge goal what needs to be true in terms of our kpis what are the metrics the cost per lead the cost per sale the sales cycle the upsell rate the cross sale rate the total revenue total sales rate the churn rate etc like, knowing those kpis great who do we need a backfill and then from there working to re- put the right person on the right seat aligning them to the mission aligning them to the kpi giving them the tools processes and emotional support and psychological safety to execute and be okay with failing so that they can test stuff and break things and be okay with that feedback loop. And then also aligning them to the bigger, broader mission and ensuring that they know why they're doing what they're doing. And it's not just executing and pushing buttons. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there's that piece to it too, but there's, it's, there's so much complexity to it where that's inside of teams. If you're running with clients, like how do you help them believe the perspective that you have if you're an outside party? For, that, for them to believe it's their idea, not yours. So there's different ways that we can take that conversation, but it's all about guiding them towards the outcome and having empathy and understanding of where they're coming from and then asking provocative questions to lead them to the outcome. Mm-hmm. No, that's, 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 that's gold right there for sure. So, okay, when you say you work with mission-driven founders, I want you to, if you wouldn't mind, describing what you mean by mission-driven I mean, everyone wants to be mission driven in some some way or another, but I think specifically, there's there's a, a different kind of mindset when you say, mm-hmm. "I help mission driven founders or, or entrepreneurs or leaders." What what is it do you mean by those types of people who are mission driven? Well, let's get let's get a little vulnerable here, right? Just <laughs> met you thirty minutes ago. Let's 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 dive in. Um, so I'll give you two clear examples of clients, uh, recent clients. Uh, one runs a education information company. I think they're doing, I forget how much they, they're, they're doing a really solid amount. Maybe I forgot 300 K a month, something, something like that, but they were trying to scale it to a mill a month and we, we chatted, right. Mm-hmm. And I helped them grow, like help them develop the plan. And when him and I were talking, he mentioned, Cause I, cause I talked to him about other organizations that I work with and like how some people aren't doing it just for the money. And he was confused. Like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? They're not <laughs> doing it just for the money. So there's that perspective. And right. then there's another perspective with the client. I just got off the call earlier this morning. She runs a team. It's a simple agency model, mm-hmm. but her mission is to employ 40 moms oh. to serve the marketplace. That's interesting. And like she would say, I don't care if we do a car wash or we do a sales dealership. Like if this is the model we want to do. This is the work that we can do. This is where we excel in. This is how we like conquer our marketplace. But the mission is I want to actually change work culture. So that's different versus just going to work every day to earn a little extra money, which we all need. I mean, this is completely fine, but I want to talk to people who's whose mindset isn't just in significance and feeling good about themselves and earning a lot more, but it's in alignment with the growth, feeling safe, but then also adding a contribution and making a change. And to me, you know, thankfully I get to choose and that's where I, that's the, the sandbox I want to play in. Very nice. And hey, they always say, you know, if you do what you love, then the money will follow. <laughs> Ideally, right? <laughs> they they do say that, and it, there is there is truth to that. But I also, I mean, 
I've been where you, you don't have money and it's super stressful. You take whoever you can and to the point where you get to choose. So it's way nicer to have the, the, the foundation and be able to choose. But I understand where sometimes you, you don't have that choice. So, yeah. Um, so I think it's just leading up to that and just growing as a person and growing in your work. And there's no wrong answer. I'm not saying number one, like the, the one first example is the wrong answer. It's just like when you're in alignment with what you're doing and who you're working with, you have an energy to fulfill the work that you're doing at a higher level. And it just fuels you. And that's my personality. And that, that those are some of the needs that I want to fill with the work that we do. But that may not be for the listener right now. So it's just figuring out what are some of the things that you want to figure out when you're working with clients? What are some of the things that fuel you and, and like fill your cup? And how do you align those things to really make a difference in the marketplace? Because at the end of the day, I mean, working with founders, being in the boardrooms of like really cool places, taking retreats and mansions, like all these fancy whatever. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, what I found what matters is just doing really good work with good people. And that to me is exciting. Hence the name of your company, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. Okay, so tell me um, who who inspired you or motivates you or mentored you to help you along the way um, that maybe others could tap into to uh, resources or you know maybe some some tools or tips that you might have for our audiences as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to thank myself for I'm joking. <laughs> Being <able to> pull <laughs> up Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I like to who I want to be in the future is uh, me. Um, <laughs> No, no one is ever self-made. And if anyone says they're self-made, uh, you're talking to a liar. Hmm. So who's helped me along the way? So early in the beginning, I got into a program here in San Diego State called the Lavin Program. It was like a an extracurricular thing, like an, uh, 12 students out of the entire school of business. And that to me was my college experience. Everything else fell short of that simple program. I got exposed to different founders and seeing what they were doing early on and seeing people build companies that now like recently sold for 30 million or for big brand names or like Mr. Lavin, uh, who, who passed a couple years ago, um, you know, made a significant impact on me and my mentors there. Uh, Bernard Schroeder is, is incredible. His book, uh, Brands and Bullshit is definitely a, a recommended read. I love uh, that. So, Burn, if you're listening to this, I appreciate you, man. <laughs> when it comes to uh, different mentors that I've either uh, coached with or had people help me, so John Morgan was one of them. He wrote the foreword of Productive Profits. Uh, and then for my own personal studies and learnings, a huge, uh, a huge shift in my approach to work and, and mindset and like the clients and, and everything was thankfully just by changing my thinking and the, the big piece, the needle mover in that one was Zig, uh, Zig Ziglar. And, uh, you know, he passed, uh, I think 2019, but, uh, Tom, his son, if you're listening to this, I appreciate you yeah. and your and the work that your dad has done. Um, I, I when it comes to second that, and I actually got to meet him when he came, oh, it gosh. was phenomenal. And at the time he could remember everybody's name in the room. I was just, wow. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's, mm -hmm. it, he's the rare ones, right? Like, uh, but uh, yeah, I wish I got to see him in an event. But um, so that and then, then everything else I just read and I, I read books and audio programs like cookies. So I don't eat cookies. So I, I just read books. So, there we go. <laughs> so it's just a ton of digesting. And one of the interesting pieces, um, another notable name would be David C. Baker. Uh, I think Baker gives you just good ideas about like positioning and around running an expertise practice. But one interesting thing that I appreciate that he said is that you have to read and be 
uh, open to ideas from all segments of life. And I think that's true, uh, at least for me, where I can think both creatively and, 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 and on the analytical side, where I pull inspirations and analogies from the most random sources. And that's because I'm exposing my mind to different ideas that can fuel me to further whatever we're doing. And so I think it's just me. Leaders are readers. I love that. Or in my case, audiobook listeners. <laughs> oh yeah, audiobook. 2x speed, 1.5 yep. for the for the careful ones. So. Yep. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue this industry that we're in or your kind of a similar career path? If you if you could go back, you know, and tell yourself some advice or maybe some others that are looking to get into this space, what would you tell them? Hmm. So if I, so the answer that I give with the advice that I give myself would be talk to at least four to 10 people, new people a month, and then read at least a book a week in alignment to what you want to learn. Um, that's like the simple stuff, but to break into this space, if you haven't already, and actually this goes to an ode to Seth Godin, who's another one of those, he introduced me to Zig, mm. um, is be on the hook. So Seth talks about this and and even when I'm hiring or I'm looking at people to, to bring on the teams or I'm analyzing work uh, for, for teams, mm -hmm. the this is a super subjective and super like, could be completely wrong. But in my opinion, people who have been on the hook do the best work versus people who just know how to do a good job. Because there's a difference between showing up and being part of an organization and doing a good job there, which you can excel in, versus starting something, breaking something, testing something, putting your name on something and being vulnerable enough to put it out there and being on the hook for it. Like if you're going to start a podcast, you're on the hook to produce that podcast every week. If you're going to start a newsletter, you're on the hook to do that. If you're going to start a company, your name is on the line for the client to fulfill. And that experience, that real stress, that understanding, no one can teach you besides you doing it. Right, right. That's very powerful. <laughs> so yeah, you have to be on the hook. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Put yourself uh, on the hook for something. That's right. Well, um, I just love, I could, we could talk about this all day. Um, but in terms of uh, wrapping up, what, um, where can people go to get a hold of you, to get your book, to potentially work with you at some point if you, if they wanted to do so, um, go ahead and give yourself a little plug there. <laughs> Yeah, no, so the website is the best place, uh, dogoodwork.io. That's dogoodwork.io for input, output, input, excellence, and you output good work. And from there, you got a lot of options if you want to just chat directly. There's a link for that if you want to get a bunch, a plethora of free tools and resources. There's a section on there on the website as well. Um, and I've got a lot of trainings, podcasts, articles, newsletter and access to the books. And if you ever want to chat, just you can uh, click the buttons there and it'll do its magic. And you're on LinkedIn. I just sent you a LinkedIn request too. So we'll uh, stay connected for sure. And we'll put in the show notes, your links and whatnot. But thank you so much, Raul. I really appreciate your conversations today and, and all of the, the nuggets that you've dropped. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Ray. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of you listening, the best thing that you can do for us both is to send this podcast to somebody else you know that needs to hear what we talked about today and give us a review because that's like gold. <laughs> and uh, until next time, everybody, enjoy your marketing journey. 
Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.